This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. After weeks of gridlock and finger pointing over the budget impasse, the House and Senate, with remarkable speed, tied up loose ends on a package to fund the government into December and heeded the siren call of the campaign trail. Now, woe to anyone who gets in the way of a politician and his or her ride home. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by CQ Budget and Economics Editor Jane Norman. Jane, This 10-week deal basically came down to a handful of unresolved partisan fights, and it took House Republicans to back down on aid to Flint, Michigan's drinking water crisis uh, to push everything across the finish line, right? Yes, that's right. They had not included aid for Flint when they voted on a, a bill dealing with water resources. So there was no way that the Democrats could even try to add the assistance for Flint. But after a lot of negotiation, um, a lot of uh, talking behind closed doors, there was a breakthrough uh, very late at night. Uh, We waited around for hours for the House Rules Committee, which has to approve everything that goes on to the House floor. And when they came out, they had an amendment from Dan Kildee, who represents Flint, actually. And uh, Mr. Kildee had an amendment that would uh, authorize $170 million for assistance for Flint. $170 million out of, oh, somewhere north of $500 billion in total discretionary non-defense spending. Uh, my lousy math says this all came down to something like three ten-thousandths of a percentage point. It's possible there could have been a government shutdown over that? Yes. uh, The Democrats felt very, very strongly that Congress needed to provide help for Flint before it left town on the recess into campaign and prior to the elections. They felt this was the moment that this had to be done. And the Senate Democrats blocked all action on providing government funding until there was a solution on Flint, and they succeeded. Uh, They they were very adamant about this, and this was a, a bill that they were pressing on that had to be passed because government funding runs out by Friday, this year's government funding. And without some kind of bill passed by the Senate and the House, there would be a shutdown of a whole lot of government functions. Essential functions would still go on, but many other things would have shut down. National parks, the zoo, the National Zoo, all kinds of things that are important to Americans. So the Senate Democrats hung on and they said, particularly because there was money to address flooding in Louisiana and other states. This money for Flint also needed to be in there. So a catch-all bill to keep the entire government running. But there's all these parochial issues that are in play in the final days. Uh, You mentioned the flood aid to Louisiana. There was money to address opioid abuse, which is ravaging states like uh, Ohio and Pennsylvania and Kentucky, Flint, You and I remember the days of earmarking local projects. This seems kind of similar. Well, when the amendment for Flint came through, several of us who have been around a while said, gosh, this looks like an earmark, even though it didn't designate Flint specifically. It was written so that it really would only apply to Flint. And the Senate language is pretty, pretty specific that way as well. 
So, you know, in the end, people who were pushing for their local interests were able to were able to succeed in getting them through. And there were some who had questions about whether, particularly House Republicans, who had questions about whether the Congress should be providing money for a local water system like Flint, no matter how badly ravaged it is. Uh, it's not a national disaster like the Louisiana floods. We have a special fund that provides assistance for national disasters. So that's a philosophical question that I think will continue to hear tossed around, uh, stemming out of this, this one amendment on one bill. Now, this funding deal, this continuing resolution, as we call it, goes through December 9th after the election, uh, at which point the money again could stop flowing unless Congress does a year-end catch-all spending bill. Will not having the election looming make this job any easier? We certainly hope so because it was pretty tough just to get this continuing <laughs> resolution through. The, the negotiations have been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And first, one thing hung it up. That was the Planned Parenthood provision in uh, in a portion of the continuing resolution that will deal with the Zika virus and 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 the problems that it's causing, and then it moved to this to the Flint assistance. Uh, things kept popping up. We one can only hope that once the election is over and things have settled down, we might have a little golden moment when partisan tensions can be tampered down and. A and, and something longer than a continuing resolution can be passed. That would be an omnibus spending bill, which would uh, be an entirely new bill with, with all of the appropriations in it and would go through the rest of the fiscal year. If they can't do that, it's certainly possible they could pass what's known as another continuing resolution, which would just extend current funding and programs for another year. The Department of Defense in particular hates that idea because it means that they really can't do any new things that they might want to do. But it's certainly a possibility that that could happen as well. It's happened in the past in, in election years, at the end of election years. I'm glad you brought up uh, the Zika virus outbreak because that's an issue that's been hanging over all year long. Uh, it was one of the biggest fights over spending. Lawmakers agreed to $1.1 billion in emergency funds for that. Uh, but you, uh, your staff, noted that even though Congress has to obligate that money before fiscal 2017 ends, it'll be spent for quite a few years beyond that. Yes, that's right. We have we have a really great group of uh, appropriations and budget reporters. We have a team of five here at CQ, and this was sort of a, a story that came about of uh, that involved teamwork among three of them. One of them was reading the Congressional Budget Office estimate of the Zika funding in the Congressional in the continuing resolution. This is the kind of thing we do here at CQ. We sit here and we read <laughs> CBO reports right. at. Six o'clock on a Friday night. Uh, and so he, he noticed that the funding was spread out over years, it, it, even though we kept calling this an emergency and people kept talking about the importance of getting this Zika money, Zika money appropriated right away. And he asked the question, why is, it, why is it taking six years to spend this money? Well, the answer is that research takes a long time. A lot of this money is going to the Department of Health and Human Services, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They're going to, to be doing vaccine trials on Zika. They're going to be doing all kinds of research. And so they really can't spend it all at once, and they don't want to spend it all at once. So it will be doled out over a number of years. The same is true for the flood relief. The flood relief actually will be doled out over a number of years, too. The other part of that is that it makes it a little bit easier to balance the budget when you don't spend it all in one year. So even though things are emergencies like the flood relief and like Zika, 
That's not really the way it works in congressional bookkeeping. So this entire exercise again showed how Speaker Paul Ryan, like his predecessor John Boehner, really needs the help of Democrats to pass big spending measures over the objections of conservatives like the House Freedom Caucus. What happens if Republicans lose more seats in the election? It'll get really interesting. I think I think we, we will have a lot to write about next year if the if the numbers get even tighter in the House. I think it's possible that those conservatives might have even more influence over the House Republican conference because they are mostly in safe seats. They're not worried about their reelection. They will be back. And if if they even if the Senate were to stay in Republican hands, we don't know right now, but it, it could shift to Democratic control. It's it's hard to tell what's going to happen. Uh, it could mean a lot more close votes, uh, certainly in the House and possibly in the Senate as well. CQ's ever-vigilant budget and economics editor, Jane Norman, thanks very much. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can find all of our podcasts at rollcall.com forward slash podcast.